Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, The Big X. We appreciate you bearing with us this morning. Worked through a couple technical difficulties as we're bringing the Weekend Sports Buzz to you this morning. Uh, just a, a quick recap of what we have ahead of us. We've got a two-hour show, as always. The first hour will, in large part, be a couple interviews. We've got a couple HRMMA fighters that'll be in studio with us, talking about their careers, their gyms, their training partners. Um, want to introduce the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line for the sake of the weekend sports buzz going forward. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is how you will reach us to get in on the action. Uh, Louisville Combat Academy is located at 10105 Dixie Highway, of course, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. So in the Valley Station area, they actually have the most active amateur and pro fighters at any gym in the state. Very family-friendly atmosphere there. Uh, Adrian Jenkins, of course, the Fergusons and everybody there at Louisville Combat Academy. We want to thank them for their support. Um, the buzz line is 502-384-1450. we got a lot of college basketball to talk about this morning. Uh, we're going to head to the buzz line shortly here. We have our man Brian the Insider. But first, other than Brian the Insider, for this first hour, I will ask you to hold off on the calls. I would suggest if you're going to call in, wait until the second hour. We'll be able to jump into a lot of the talk about um, not only why Steve is wearing sunglasses inside, also, uh, we're going to get to, of course, Louisville, Kentucky, Indiana Hoosiers, college basketball, the bread and butter for the show. Steve? And um, the dunk contest, NBA All-Star Weekend. But yeah, uh, college basketball, definitely a big day yesterday, right? I would say so, yes. Looks like Kentucky is, you know, as good. of right now. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. So we're going to head to the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line, which is 502-384-1450. We have our man, Brian the Insider, is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. I know you got a big program, so I'll get right at it. As I've been saying for weeks and weeks, man, the cats just keep getting better and better. And uh, I don't see any – I mean, I don't see any team. I watch a lot of college basketball. The cats – how they don't end up being a one seed. Very impressive win last night against uh, the number one ranked team in the country, Tennessee. Uh, P.J. Washington is, is, is turning himself into maybe a player of the year candidate, really developing into a nice-looking pro, 23-5 uh, and five last night. Uh, Hagan's projected to be in the first round. He looks great. Johnson, the shooting guard, who's the highest-ranked NBA prospect on the team, Really got him going with, uh, I think, four threes in the first half. Ended up with 19 points. Tyler Hero, 13 points, 15 rebounds. So, I mean, the Cats took what was an overhyped game uh, and, and blew it open and really embarrassed Tennessee, in my opinion, uh, in Rupp. So, couldn't have been more impressive. And the Cats, Cal couldn't have him going better. I like the fact he's getting his rim protectors around in there. If they can get... 10 points, 10 rebounds, which they didn't quite get yesterday, but they're getting there out of Richards and uh, Washington. I'm sorry, Richards and Montgomery, uh, you know, the two big guys. If they can keep, keep getting rim protection out of them and get them in the rotation, I think they're going to win the national championship. <clears throat> the Cards played a game 
that I would have rather been in the dental chair getting my uh, maybe my molars pulled out of. It was one of the most painful games I've ever had to sit through. Uh, they won. Uh, they tried to give it away again late. And at some point you got, and I love Chris Mack. Everybody does. But at some point you got to start asking, Chris, uh, I mean, do you have a couple walk-ons over there that, that might be able to help close these games better? Because you can't keep blaming – uh, the guys in there, I mean, the strategy, Wara, I mean, how, why you throw the ball inbounds right under the basket? They got very lucky, had a nice block, but uh, they did win. And they go to 9-4 and four in the ACC, which is really remarkable. I think they'll end up maybe 11-7, and seven, maybe get to 12-6 and six, uh, in the best conference in America, which is pretty impressive. But, boy, they barely, they barely did it. Guys, I got one thing for you here. Tell me how long you're going to get to coach at supposedly one of the premier programs in the country when you've lost 10 of your last 11 and you lose by 20 yesterday to little Ricky. I mean, there's nothing more slap in the face than have little Ricky spank you and punk you on his home court. 10 of 11 losses for Archie Miller. Uh, I don't know how long it goes on, but I can't remember a major program in such a slide. Even coming off probation, teams don't have this. And this was a team that was supposedly going to compete for the Big Ten title, and they've lost 10 out of 11. And uh, that's just really unbelievable. I know nobody wants to talk about it because it's painful. Archie's a good guy, but Archie better polish up his resume, and uh, maybe he can get with Steve Alford and be a, a recruiter somewhere. Hey, guys, I'll leave you with this. One week ago, I know Steve mentioned it after I got off the air, Clemson's coach, Dabo Sweeney, said, hey, guys, you know what? We might have accidentally <laughs> this is given good. our guys some, some performance-enhancing drugs. And that may be why they look so damn dominant all year long against everybody they played, including pounding Bama. Guys, that's the last I've been able to find anything. I've searched again this morning. There's, I mean, it's the quietest story. The NCAA still putting different programs on probation and lowering the hammer on programs for different stuff. But here's a pro, here's a program where the head coach admits after they won the national championship that we were giving our guys illegal substances, and this thing's gone away. I'll leave you with that, guys. Uh, but uh, thanks for having me on. Great show. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you. Great stuff, as always, from our man Brian the Insider, touching on a lot of different topics. And I'm always trying to, Steve, avoid trending our show toward, like, political commentary at all. Okay? That being said, the news cycle is very interesting. I've heard Conor McGregor, um, have you heard any of this? No, I have not. Like, rape allegations going on right now. That There was some, some news about it, and then we just didn't hear anything else about it. As Brian alluded to, Clemson football, they came out, their head coach came out, head coach, said, yeah, we may have accidentally allowed them to take some banned substances, you know, no big deal. Mm -hmm. We heard about it, and they just went away. So, very interesting to me to see whatever it is. Steve has made it very clear. He's very familiar with the names of each and every steroid. Well, tell saying, us about O-Strain. Hey, I'm just saying. Tell us about O-Strain. It's not in, so each team has all of these pre-workout, you know, or post-workout substances that they have in the building that are all screened before they, you know, the entire team uses them. 
So they're all from, you know, a GNC or some company that produces them. They're all tested. These kids didn't get it from that. I mean, they're buying the stuff offline, which you can do, well, and it just doesn't have as many side effects as the hardcore steroids that people use. The regulatory authority would be the NCAA. Over the past year, coaches have been caught giving cash to players, which is supposedly an amateur uh, organization, right? So they swept that under the rug. So the, the credibility of the organization is non-existent, which I don't care, honestly. I, I'm not that worried about it. It it's is student interesting. Student-athlete, right? Student comes first. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But I would think Alabama is also doing this, right? Maybe, how, how upset would you be if you were a Louisville football fan and you found out Clemson was allowing their players to get away with this stuff, and then Louisville, they're like, no, 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 we'll take the moral high ground. We won't. And then you go 2-10. and 10. Is that what happened this past year? Louisville is not paying their players, and they're, they're making them avoid even protein shakes or anything? It was only like uh, three players that failed, right? So maybe they were doing something on their own. We don't know that specifically – Dabo was Why did Dabo release saying, a hey, statement man. saying that? I'm Very bizarre, man. Behind the scenes is, is, with the NCAA is very interesting, always. Yeah. We've got a full show ahead of us here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. I want to remind our listeners, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. We're going to head to a break. On the other and we've got a couple HR MMA fighters that will be on studio with us, in studio with us. We've got Bryant Haynes and also Trent Knott. Um, so be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. Brought to you by the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. Located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. Louisville Combat Academy is a family-friendly environment. Actually has the most MMA fighters, uh, amateur and professional at any gym, I believe, right now in the state. Adrian Jenkins, uh, great crew over there. Um, want to welcome in studio with us, we have, who you've heard me do comment, I think I've commented all but one of your fights. Yes, correct. I believe so, too. You fought Stone Beverly for Premier. Uh, Warrior, FC. Okay, Warrior. Yep. Uh, but we have Bryant Haynes in studio with us. Bryant Haynes is, as I've described, almost from day one, the most exciting or promising prospect. He's an amateur fighter, 5-0, and o, right? Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, in the state. Yes. Okay. I know you're an Indiana guy, actually. Yeah. Um, Bryant, I would describe as a high school wrestler who has a big right hand and some of, some of your wins have been very spectacular. They're all on YouTube. It's a very interesting climb through the ranks of MMA. If any of our listeners who are tuned in to hear sports talk, but they're intrigued at all about the world of MMA, do a YouTube search for Bryant Haynes and you'll see five all of them are available on YouTube. Correct. Five impressive amateur cage fights. Uh, Bryant, tell us a little bit about yourself. We know you train at, at Core Combat Sports. Yes. You got Elio Seneca, the Haddad family. All killers. All killers. All killers. Um, yeah, uh, yeah uh, I'm at Core Combat Sports in uh, Anchorage, Kentucky. Um, 
like he was saying, uh, Helio Seneca, the Hadaz, Brent Weedman, um, Abdul Jarvis, Derek Despinette. I mean, uh, trying to be unbiased as possible, but I, I truly believe it's the best gym in the state. Uh, every room's got their killers that'll push you to, you know, find a new limit, push your own limits, and that's why I love it so much. Uh, we could go on and on. I mean, oh, how, yeah. how many black Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts do they have over there? Quite a I, few. I don't even know. Every day you go in, it's like a new one comes in. Um, we just recently had a, a transfer in from uh, Colorado. I want to call it a transfer. He moved in. Um, uh, Alan, Alvin Robinson, he was an ex-UFC fighter. Yep. Uh, he's a freaking stud, man. He's got a guillotine. He can pull a guillotine from anywhere. Yeah, have you got a chance to roll with oh, him? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, I guess you'd say, because he beat me up pretty bad, but you learn a lot of lessons from that. Now, I want to dive into a little bit of your past, like where you're from, where you wrestled in high school, because Indiana is such a good wrestling state. Um, but before we do that, I'll continue with the theme of what we were talking about, core combat sports. You're 5-0. and Okay, so the dilemmas you're looking at right now are you hear guys like me on your commentary saying, Brian Haynes is the best prospect in the state. You really are. I don't think many people would argue with that. Doc? Thank you. I would certainly agree. Doc is a— Even uh, as a fighter myself. Yes, is a, a current uh, HR MMA uh, fighter himself, Doc Parks. Um, so that being said, what you just said was you have a new black belt in who is guillotining you. So how important is it to you to maintain that, I guess, humility or to maintain that I'm not invincible uh, attitude? You've got the, the, all the resources at Core Combat Sports. I mean, Joe Hankey, there's Kurt Wimsett, there's uh, the Weedman, I mean, Haddad, uh, everybody. There's a ton of people over there. How do you maintain... Uh, some balance where you're not getting a big head and thinking I'm invincible. Man, if uh, if people come in and watch us train at the gym, they would they'd realize really quickly that I'm far from the baddest guy at the gym. I get my butt beat every day in every single room, whether it's boxing, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. There's somebody better than me in every single room, and that's why I love it so much. They, I, I'm always constantly pushing myself to find new limits and find a better uh, a better proving ground, I guess you'd say, and um, I. I don't know. That's just just showing up and realizing, you know, you fight at one thirty five or one forty five, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so some of those guys are way. Who knows? Oh, um, one of my main partners, Andrew Temple. He's a walks around about one seventy five. He's a national champion kickboxer. So, and he's six one. So, it's hard. It's hard to you know get in on him. So once I prepare myself, training with these guys, it feels like going out fighting average one thirty five, one forty five pounders is is nothing, you know. So, so it sounds like your answer is I'm five and zero. Oh, I know I'm probably the most promising amateur prospect in the state but i fight at 135 i fight at 145 i train with some guys at core combat sports that are bigger stronger have been doing it longer and better yeah okay see that's that's the thing um like i was saying with andrew temple he's bigger stronger faster i maybe not faster but anyways longer reach Uh, so he pushes me super hard when it comes to muay thai and kickboxing nathan haddad who's you know uh i'd say six foot tall 185 pounds he ragdolls me in the jiu-jitsu room. So, I mean, like I said, everywhere I go, it's, you know, pushing me, pushing me. So your background, you, you grew up, what, what what city in Indiana did you grow uh, up in? What high school did you go to? Where, what age did you start wrestling? Yeah, um, so I started wrestling right around the age of five. I was in kindergarten. I honestly thought it was like WWE wrestling when I brought the flyer home, but turns out it wasn't. Thank when God. you brought the flyer home? Yeah. So I your dad it. didn't wrestle or anything? No, no. Okay. I was the you first brought one. a flyer home. You thought you were signing up for WWE style wrestling? Yes, yes. I was a huge Rey Mysterio fan back in the day when I was young, and I, I just wanted to, you know, do six one nines and jump off turnbuckles. And then uh, I get there, and it's a bunch of sweaty guys in a hot room and kind of not doing elbows. So I'm like, uh, I don't know. I give it a try. And about 
two, three weeks in, I fell in love with it and been doing it ever since. Uh, went to Charlestown High School. Um, I was a two-time state qualifier. Uh, unfortunately, never got to place. Both Indiana's weird. It's a single elimination tournament. So Friday night, if you win, you automatically place. If not, you get sent home. Both both years, I had the state uh, championship on Friday night. So, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I don't know. I never had luck when it came to draws. Indiana is known as a, a very strong wrestling state. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, in my class, or actually, sorry, the class below me uh, was uh, Chad Red, who was one of the number one prospects in America. Uh, he went to Nebraska. And then uh, the class behind him was this kid named Nick Lee, who ended up going to Penn State and who's been on a tear. He was a uh, NCAA All-American as a true freshman, didn't even redshirt, moving into his true sophomore year, and he's just he's running it. Once again, we have Bryant Haynes in studio with us for the weekend sports buzz this morning. Bryant is 5-0, and has fought four of his five fights for the HRMMA promotion uh, here in the state, most recently just a couple weekends ago. Yep. Uh, big win. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good to get a win over an experienced guy like Eli. I have a lot of respect for Eli, and uh, that was my first fight at 45, so I figured it would be you know, a good good uh, challenge to see if I'd be up for the, the weight gain, but... I think I, obviously I am. In the future, do you plan on staying at 45 or going back down to 35, 135? I'd like to go back and forth. Honestly, whatever the best competition at the time presents itself. Um, like I said, right now I, uh, I'd i like to get a couple more fights at 45 just to get used to not having to cut so much weight and just focusing more on improving technically and, uh, you know, just trying to get better every day. And that cut to 35 is kind of brutal. It's Because uh, I, I typically walk at about 55 to 60, so – you know, 25 pounds is, yeah. So so looking over your, your record here, we got a knockout win. I remember Josh over Josh Myers, then a, a win via guillotine choke over Gage Mitchell. I think it's actually a brown belt. Is he? Yes. Wow. He's a brown that. belt. So so um, that was a significant win. Nice. Uh, then obviously a decision, unanimous decision over Stone Beverly. And then at Hard Rock 100 at 4th Street, which we were all there. August 11th, everybody here was. Doc, our man, Chris Embry, Steve Driver, we were all there. And you were matched up against a very legitimate wrestler in oh, Javier yeah. Carbajal. Yeah. I uh, Honestly, uh, I hate to say it, but I kind of underestimated him going into the fight. Uh, once we got in there and he uh, he got a early first period takedown and uh, opened my eyes immediately. I was like, all right, this guy's you know pretty good wrestler, pretty good grappler. I got to step on my game. That's what kind of put me, I guess, into – Reserve mode. I went from more striking to trying to defend the takedown. I'm fortunate I do the commentary for HRMMA, and I, I try to message each of the fighters prior to the, the fight so I can talk about them during the commentary, give shout-outs to their teammates and training partners and everything. And when I was messaging with Javier Carbajal, he was telling me some of his, re- some of his wrestling accolades. And I was like, damn, okay. yeah. yeah. So that, that was a heck of a ma- matchup. For, yeah. For uh, if there's any indicator of the strength of the sport of mixed martial arts in the state of Kentucky, I would say, and I said this during the, the commentary. I rewatched the Eli Mefford versus Bryant Haynes fight just yeah. last night, and I said it. I said if this is a, an indicator of the direction of the trajectory of MMA in the state of Kentucky, then things are in very good hands. If that's an amateur fight, because Eli Mefford is. A very game opponent. Oh yeah, he's a stud. He's a stud. Uh, like I said, I have much respect for him. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I hope that yeah, I can pave the. I mean, pave the way. I guess you could say for more people being noticed or being recognized nationwide in Kentucky. 
hopefully we can, you know, start being more known as a fighting state. I don't know if you many people could consider, consider Kentucky as a fight state right now because, I mean, I don't know when's the last time we produced a like a UFC Bellator high level pro fighter. Maybe Brent Weedman uh, mm-hmm. uh, had a good run in Bellator. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, great run. I think his. You get to train with Brent much? Oh yeah, he beats me up. He beats me <laughs> I was gonna run. say yeah. he, he'd be another guy that probably beats. Oh him. dude, like I said, there's mo- I could go on and on about people who beat me up in, in the gym through day in day out and. Uh, but yeah, Brent's a great guy. He's always got something for me. You know, little tricks, little techniques. He's a high level veteran. So whether it be jujitsu, kickboxing wrestling even he's got tips for anything we want to thank you for coming in bryant before we let you go if anyone's tuning in listening you know we're in southern indiana right now you're a southern indiana kid you're doing very well considered the best prospect amateur prospect in the state of kentucky right now thank you um how can they support you what's your instagram what's your you got twitter Uh, you know how can these people go out and support Bryant Haynes going uh, forward. Yeah, uh, you could follow me on Facebook. Just type in my name, Bryant Haynes, B R Y A N T H A Y N E S. Um, I think on Instagram it's Bryant H thirty four, as well as Twitter. I think it's the same, Bryant H thirty four. So follow me on any of those. I, uh, that's where I post most of my fight information. Keep everybody trying to keep everybody up to date. And other than that, I mean, just hit me up on Facebook and stay in touch. I like to talk to anybody anytime. So that's about it. Bryant, thank you very much for coming in studio with us this morning. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, the Big X. I want to thank everyone for tuning in this morning. We, we here at the Weekend Sports Buzz have been on the air for over seven years now in this exact time slot. So one of the longer running shows in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. Um, I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call. Our, our sponsor is Louisville Combat Academy. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is how you can reach us, which is at 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. Louisville Combat Academy is located at 10105 Dixie Highway and Valley Station, so Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. I want to welcome in studio with us today we have Trent Knott. Trent is a very active fighter on the current HRMMA uh, circuit Trent, how are you this morning? I'm very good. How are you? Doing very well. I uh, want to thank you for coming in with us. Um, we try to have fighters in studio with us as often as possible. Uh, keep it really interactive. I'm fortunate that I get to do the commentary now for, I think, about the last two and a half years. I've really done the, uh, each of the events for HRMMA, and it's an absolute blast. Um, Trent, tell us a little bit about yourself. You what, what, what kind of background? Every time I have an, an MMA fighter in, what I want to know is the basics. I don't think you've, I've, you know, I've really discussed this in yeah. person at all. How old are you now? At what age did you determine the fighting thing was for you? Because you're clearly going all in with, with the fighting. <laughs> definitely. Okay, I'm definitely so, so all in. how old are you now? What age did you determine you wanted to be a cage fighter? Uh, I'm 31 years old now, so uh, kind of a late start for me, I guess you would say. 
I guess I really knew about two years ago when I got heavy into jujitsu. Uh, so my background, of course, uh, I started uh, uh, Tung Sudo, which is a full combat karate like Taekwondo. Uh, I started that when I was eight and I got my black belt when I was about 15. Uh, and then after that, uh, my dad was in the Navy. He was a golden gloves boxer. So, uh, my parents were divorced. And once I turned about 15, I decided to move in with my dad, become closer with him. Where was that at? Where were you living? Uh, I was living in, uh, Three Rivers, Texas at the time with my mom. My mom was actually an FBI agent at the time, so she moved around. I've, I've had, uh, the fortunate life of living, uh, pretty much all over the United States. I lived in Alaska for two years, wow. ADAC. Uh, I was born in, uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, uh, countless places. I've been to most of the U S I've been to Canada, Mexico, uh, never been overseas yet. So that's something I really want to do is, uh, travel Europe one day. So you decided at, at age eight, it sounds like you had done some sparring, full contact karate. Sparring. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, my mom wanted to get me, uh, into karate. Uh, I was a huge Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. I used to just do J- the J- JCVD. Steve, you yeah. love him. Steve's a big fan. Absolutely. We have Steve. I, I love Jean-Claude Van Damme. I would, sport, yeah. Heart yeah, classics. I would pull the the two chairs up and I would do the splits on them, and my okay. mom would take pictures of me and stuff. Uh, when Street Fighter came out, she used to draw the the American flag tattoo on me like guile. Uh, so yeah, so that got me in the karate, and then uh, my dad, when I moved in with him, uh, like I said, he was Golden Glove boxing in the Navy, so he got me into boxing, uh, and then when I Graduated high school, I kind of gave it up for a while, and then once I started getting heavy into jujitsu, the the fire to compete. So I I I love fighting, but I love competing. I love the fact that there's no better feeling in the world than getting your hand raised uh, over something that you've put in so much time and effort for. Uh, just makes you feel validated and stuff. And uh, there's no better feeling than uh, going to war with someone else and then hugging it out. But getting your hand raised at the end is. You're six foot three. You fight at 185. Yes. So you're, you're not a small guy. No, no. Especially right now. I'm definitely. I'm about 205 right now. Well, that's so, not that bad. No, it's not too pounds. bad. Yeah, yeah. Pretty normal, actually. So tell us a little bit about your team. You train in Lexington at Four Seasons. I I uh, I do. I split time now. Uh, I was working second shift, and I was going in Four Seasons in the morning uh, under my head coach is Michael Seals. Uh, so uh, I mean, he's pretty famous around Lexington. Certainly. He also coaches, you know, Harry Hunsucker, Ian Lawler, uh, Jamel Muhammad. Uh, so and uh, Stony Dennis, of course, has been real influential in my uh martial arts training and then i uh, uh my job took me to first shift so uh i ended up there's not so much uh mma training too much like it's more class structural during the nights and it's kind of set up more for the people who want to come in and kind of do like cardio kickboxing and stuff okay. like that and a, a jujitsu of course i mean we're a carlson gracie team uh i mean we're we're known for 
smash and pass, you know. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, it uh, I started going splitting my time up between there and Georgetown MMA. Uh, my uh, coach over there, uh, of course, is uh, Dan Turner. Uh, he's a striking coach. Uh, I've known Dan for about ten years, and uh, and of course Adam Gomez is the uh, the owner, and of course high-level jiu-jitsu practitioner as well uh so i've been splitting my time up between two camps uh everything's working out perfect everyone knows everyone everyone you know there was no bad blood or anything so uh everyone luckily everyone just wants to see me succeed and uh i'm i'm very grateful to have good people around me your record currently trent is three and one yes you've won each of your last two fights via first round stoppage yes so you lost your first fight via decision. Yeah, I want you've, that one back so bad. <laughs> you, you, you've won three fights in a row. Okay, yes. the, as I said, the last two via stoppage. Yes. Uh, so, you, so you're on a hot streak right now. You're feeling good. What's next for Trent Knott? Oh, man, I, I wanted to come on here and drop some big news. Oh, wow. uh, I, I do. We like big news. I know. I don't know how much I can say. I know I do have, uh, I have uh, agreed to a fight. Uh, June first, uh, but I can't. I cannot drop any of the details right now. That's the only thing I was asked specifically. Uh, Can I you get, tell me off the air? Yes, yes, okay. I'll tell you off the air. Okay. Uh, but well, I'll make a post on Facebook about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no but I'm it, it was a. It's a very big opportunity that uh, I I couldn't say no to, and I think it'll lead uh, to better things when I come back to Lexington. Uh, but you talk, uh, can we go back for a second Certainly. and talk about the loss? Yeah, I just got a few minutes left. <laughs> okay, uh, so yes, uh, uh, for anyone who's listening, uh, Hard Rock, uh, I hope you're listening, but you know, so Corey's the number one contender right now. He actually jumped me. Uh, I was the number one contender for probably the last couple months, and then I got hurt. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Gavin right now. If them two fight, then, but... Uh, I'd really like to to have that fight back. I think me and Corey put on a great show, uh, our first fight, and I think it would be even better the second time. Are you? Is it sounds kind of like you're saying that's what the breaking news is? Uh, I wish sounds I, to me. I'm no detective, <laughs> you know. But I, I I wish I could say I'll uh, I'll definitely you know follow me on Instagram. And, yes. Yeah. Uh, how do people who are listening who want to support you? How, how would they go about supporting you? Instagram, uh, Twitter, yeah. Facebook. Yes. My Instagram handle is Traveler Trent. Uh, Traveler underscore Trent fifty one seven. Facebook. You can just you know type my name Trent Not. I'll pop up. Uh, Trent Not N O T T. Yes. 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 Not K N O T T. Now, tell us a little bit about the Traveler thing. Tyson Fury, is that what they call Tyson Fury? Yeah. It's almost yeah. considered to be like a pejorative in a way. That it's a put-down if you call someone. Am I wrong? In Europe, well, if it, you call it, someone it, a no, Traveler. No, if you call him a Gypsy. If you oh, call him a, a Gypsy, they want they, the preferred term is Traveler. What, what, if, what if you were called a Gypsy? Would that be okay? Uh... Yeah, sure. I mean, like okay. I said, I, I've had the benefit of uh, living a lot of places, and a lot of those were me and my mom in a car, either sleeping in the car or sleeping in a cheap motel that night. Wow, okay. Uh, I, I I remember the first time I saw Snatch and saw Brad Pitt as Mickey, and he was just this gypsy underground boxer. 
kind of resonated with you. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love everything about the lifestyle. Uh, when I'm not training or in the cage, you can find me rock climbing or camping. Uh, you can find me with one of my six dogs. <laughs> I have six dogs. What kind of dogs do you have? Uh, I have two pups. They just turned two uh, on February 10th. Uh, Junior and Brutus. Uh, they are Boxer, St. Bernard, Australian Shepherd mix. Uh, I have a Shepherd. Uh, I have uh, a Beagle mix, uh, English Bulldog, and uh, just a regular full-blooded German Shepherd, which is actually Jenna's, but lives in my house now. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, sound like you just kind of gave your girlfriend a shout out. I did. I did. What's her name again? Jenna Petrie. She is actually, uh, my truck is in the shop right now getting new brakes on it. So she drove me up here. So uh, she's actually, she has a big test. She's in PA school right now. Oh, wow. And she brought me up here and she's studying out there. And we're going to go hit up Open Mat here after this. And she's going to study there. So she deserves a shout out. Open for... Mat uh, back on the way to George, probably yes. George. Yes. Yep. yep. Got to yep. be yep. the yep. Adam Always Gomez a... Open Mat. Yes. Yes, sir. Every Sunday at two, come out, support. Uh, it's a good time. Great stuff from our man Trent Knott. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you guys, man. That was, this is really fun. I was super nervous. I, I hope I did good. You did a great job. Awesome. Thank you very much for everyone listening. We encourage you to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome, welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, the Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Steve Driver. We got Doc Parks, of course. We have our man Chris Embry in studio. Very strong production staff with us right now for the Weekend Sports Buzz. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line, which is 502 384 1450. We would love to hear from you. Love for you to get in on the action. There's plenty to talk about when it comes to our bread and butter, which is college basketball. Steve, Kentucky at Rupp Arena yesterday, 8 o'clock p.m. Played against the number one team in the country, Tennessee Volunteers, led by Rick Barnes. And Kentucky looked great. Steve, did you watch the game? I did. Yes, I did. Um, uh Kelton Johnson was heating up from three in the first half, and P.J. Washington was unstoppable down low. I mean, I I think P.J., they just have a good combination of, you know, some really good guards that are long as hell, right, and good players down low. This team is, over the past few weeks, we've kind of seen that this team is heating up, and come tournament time, they should be among the five, you know, a, they should be a Final Four team. Let's just say it like that, right? Um, <clears throat> I do think Tennessee may be kind of overrated, right? They they had big wins earlier in the, in the year over Louisville and Gonzaga, but since then really haven't played uh, much of anybody. You know, there's probably a couple teams better than them. So maybe the number one ranking, you know, I don't know. I just don't think they're that great, but... Obviously, you know, you get a big, you blow them out. It's a big win. Looking over the box score, I want to welcome our man Chris Embry on the air with us. Looking over the box score from yesterday's game, Nick Richards didn't play much. 
Yeah. Uh, what what exactly stood out, Doc and Chris, to you guys, the Kentucky guys, about this game? Well, I think uh, the guys down low, um, PJ Washington and Reed Travis, really um, dominated down low in the paint. It was um, uh, they shot a very high percentage down low and uh, made Admiral Schofield and uh, uh, What's his name? Is it Grant, I believe? Uh, looked pretty bad. Uh, but, you know, it was at home. There was a ruckus crowd. It was very, uh, very good showing by Kentucky. But, uh, yeah, Duke's the number one team in the country. If we're lo- using the barometer of how'd you do against Louisville, okay, Kentucky lost to Duke by how many? 30, like, 36 or something? It was something crazy. 34. 34, okay. Yeah. Louisville was – Playing very well against Duke. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Louisville blew a, <laughs> a big lead against Duke on Tuesday, right? Yeah. Almost yes. beat them. They're very close to beating Duke on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, so if that's any any of a barometer, Chris, I, I understand that you as a Kentucky guy, you know, you, you don't want to say Kentucky's better when they got blown out against Duke, okay? Right. But the, I would, and Steve, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say the national consensus right now is... Kentucky looks damn good. Oh, yeah. And maybe even better than Duke. Very possibly. I think if they play each other in the tournament, I think it'll be a coin toss on on who's going to win. Yeah, I think um, if they were to match back up again in the tournament, I think Kentucky would get them, actually. Uh, Now, obviously, individual talent, Duke has the – three best players in the country. Is that is that right? Kentucky just has better depth. Yeah. Um, Kentucky's defense is really coming on strong. Um, yeah, they have some lapses in defense at times, uh, being a young team. But uh, I, I don't think Duke would um, allow Kentucky to abuse them in the post like that without – you know, making any adjustments. Right. right. Well, and the other thing is you you have to take it to Zion Williams. Uh, you've got um, Louisville that basically allowed him to stay with four fouls for nine, ten minutes, yeah. something like that, yeah. and did not take it uh, into him and try and get him to get that last foul. Um, I think, you know, I would think uh, you would have to keep taking it to him. Now he's he's a great defender, uh, so it, it'd be like you said a toss up, man. It would be, but I would still I think Kentucky can get them. Um, I don't see them shooting the percentage they shot in that first game. That was the best shooting game they had all year, I believe. February twenty third, Tennessee plays LSU. I, I yes. think Tennessee would probably lose that game too. You were not impressed by Tennessee. I was Steve. not, but I am. I am pretty impressed with LSU. They are deadly. Yeah, they are. I think they're actually a top ten team. Uh, that guard that they have, I believe his name was Smart. Uh, uh, very impressive. He's he is probably better than Ashton Higgins. Um, probably the best guard in the SEC. Uh, but uh, LSU very tough. Yeah, and. Um, you know, that coach, uh, the LSU coach is actually uh, a very good coach, but he's kind of smug. I don't really like him. What do you say? Why are you smiling, Steve? I was just Let's thinking, dive into that. I was just thinking about how different Louisville fans would feel today if the end of the game yesterday, I mean, Louisville. Louisville uh, almost blew that game yesterday. And you're watching it in real time. You're like, is this 
the same before thing. the inbounds play, you're like, oh god, you know, they're up one. It looked like he won the inbounded to uh, McMahon, and he just he, of course they did. He looked off him too soon. McMahon couldn't really get separation, and finally got it late. And then he looked off of him, inbounded it. Luckily, Nora came came from the inbounds to block the shot. But gee, that would be a nightmare to lose three games in a row. But hey, today it's a W, right? Oh, it a W is a W. It doesn't matter how they yeah. won. But if they were three games in a row, devastating fashion, right? It's that, f- that would have stung. It's funny to to um, see the Louisville fan base. Okay, Chris Mack, it was on such an uptick, right? Mm-hmm. And then they were beating Duke, and everything was great. And they were like, Chris Mack, yeah, he's better than Ricky. Hell. He's better than Denny. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I know I'm getting carried away, but the sentiment was, right? Right. Was very was. high. I'm getting carried away, being facetious. But it was so high. Well, Mr. Mack, welcome to being the Louisville basketball coach. The loss to Florida State before Duke, too. That was yes. a bad one, right? Yes. Yeah, but he's he's doing an excellent job. Man. Oh, yeah. Versus expectations. Versus preseason expectations. This team, this Louisville basketball team is is doing great. Great. Yeah. Yep. They still okay. play Virginia twice. <laughs> hey, no, and I, you, I can be negative, can Nancy. Games. What's that? They could easily win one of those yeah, games. I hope, yeah. Oh, clearly. They, they, they could. They could. Um, could certainly lose. We know <laughs> Could who. certainly lose two or three games in a row still. Previous coach could not beat Virginia. So he had his number. I'd like to see Chris Mack break the curse. You didn't use his name there. You don't want to use <laughs> Rick Pitino's name? I'm not a Petuito. <laughs> What about uh, Brian the uh, Insider called in earlier, and he made it sound like a, this the lowliest of lows that you lose to little Ricky. So the Indiana Hoosiers yeah. lost by about 20 to Minnesota. Wow. Uh, Minnesota's sitting at 17-9. and nine. Is, is Richard Patino? Uh, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? He's not doing too bad. I mean, he's, uh, they're going to make the tournament. Um, I could see them possibly winning that first game. Uh, I don't see them going into the Sweet 16, though. They're not as uh, talented as I thought they would be starting the year. But uh, they could they could win a game. Um, but it would be funny if uh, they put Minnesota in Kentucky's or even Louisville's bracket, wouldn't it? My dream, Little Ricky playing yeah. against Louisville. That'd My be dream cool. come true would be Rick Pitino is the next coach of Indiana. That's really, you know, if my hopes and aspirations come true in my lifetime. How, that, that's how your great, one dream yes. this, this point forward? You're how married with a child? Uh-huh. Okay. That's your one. Okay. Well, you know, everybody's different. That's okay. I don't think Indiana. Steve wears glasses, sunglasses inside, inside a building, <laughs> dark building. He wears sunglasses. And that's his... Lifelong dream. That's okay. I guess. I guess I got to throw a hot take out there. That what do you, I, what do you got, Chris? I don't think uh, Indiana's ever going to win a championship again. Ever. Ever. I think they're done, dude. Even in like two hundred years. I think they're toast. Really. I mean, they are on a um, very disappointing post Bob Knight era. I mean, <laughs> safe y- to say, you know, Kelvin Sampson, Mike Davis, Tom Crean, right? Yep. Uh, now this, this isn't looking good. I mean, you've got I'm, Abraham Lincoln, and you can't do anything <laughs> with him. You know, so. I uh, love nicknames. Yeah. But, uh, no, Romeo, uh, 
where art thou, Romeo? No, he's not doing very, very hot with them, right? Not now. hurting his draft stock. I right. don't know that he'll regret going there. You know what I mean? Right. So those diehard Hoosiers fans, you know, there's the, the, the Hoosiers fans who have been a Hoosiers fan their entire life, and they're going to be a uh, Indian Hoosiers basketball fan no matter what. They'll still cheer for him when he's in the NBA, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Unless he, you know, something real bad happens. But, but, but it, so I don't know that it's a bad, was it a bad move for Romeo Lankford to go play for the Hoosiers? Not with the drama that was going on at UofL. I think uh, that's, he would have went to uh, Said he grew up a Louisville fan. He would have went there if it wasn't for the off-the-court drama. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's tough. I, th- I think about that. What would Louisville be doing right now with Romeo Langford on this, on this roster? I don't know. That's a good question. Rick Barnes, we saw him coach yesterday. He knows the ins and outs of having a prolific one-and-done guy. He coached Kevin Durant for a season. Absolutely. And they did nothing at Texas. <laughs> nothing. Right? Yep. Okay. So, that's, what had, that's a great question. What would Chris Mack be doing with Romeo Langford right now? Man, you would you, you definitely would have him at the two because Christian Cunningham's doing very good at the point for Louisville right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see them with it, at least three more wins. Uh, oh, so you think it would be a, a net addition? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it would be. I'm of the school of thought to say that if you took Donovan Mitchell and put him on Louisville right now, you would think, okay, so anybody in the NBA – you would think it would mean they would be that much better. And I'm sure that that would help Donovan Mitchell on the team. You know, it would help. You could use him. But I don't know, man. College basketball is so finicky. It's almost an entirely different animal. Right. You know, uh, team play and and implementing a a 2-3 zone or whatever. You know, tactical adjustments is what really wins college basketball games. Uh, So, we'll see. Yeah. Is Archie Miller on the hot seat? I I think it's pretty warm right now. I really do. Um, you've got some fans that uh, were expecting way more than what they're getting right now, especially with Romeo on the um, on the roster. But they have had some injury issues, so you've got to throw that out there that they definitely don't have the full stable of talent that everybody thought they would have at the beginning of the year. But uh, they, uh, yeah, Indiana fans got their hopes way up, and now uh, I think he's definitely on the hot Because even absent of Romeo Lankford, okay, when we're breaking down this roster preseason, it's pretty good. Yeah. Had Jawan Morgan coming back. You got, uh, you know, we haven't heard from the truth, have we, in a couple weeks? Right. Uh, you know, Race Thompson, Clay Thompson's brother. I think he was actually hurt. Uh, I think uh, Juwan Morgan was hurt, right? Um, so yeah, you know, it's uh, it's tough injuries. You got to play through them, but uh, you know, actually, Juwan Morgan did play twenty eight minutes, fourteen points, eight rebounds. Uh, Davis, ten points, four rebounds. He was a big contributor. Durham, also oh, back. Okay, yep. Romeo Langford yesterday played 31 minutes, four of six from the field, two assists. Wow. Ten points. And I don't think Indiana has a um, recruiting class coming in that's ranked very – I think they're like 40th or mm-hmm. high 30s or 
Yeah, 40th. and he was hired to recruit, and it's not now. He did good last year, uh, but if he he you know he's got to bring in another class uh, to back up this class that he has yeah. right now, and I don't I just don't see it happening. Um, so not the sexiest topic, just to focus on the downfall of Archie Miller, who everybody really across the board does seem to like. Yeah. You know, he's somewhat in the vein of, of Coach Cow almost, is they're from the same part of where is it, Pennsylvania? Yeah. And uh, Sean and Archie Miller, they're not biologically cousins, but I think in interviews they have said they, they almost consider each other cousins. Have you heard that? Uh, no, Sean Miller, that. Archie Miller, and John Calperi families are like real close or something along okay. those lines so and sean miller and john calipari are, are near the top of the echelon for recruiting and have been for years right um and archie miller you know has never been given this big of a, a window or this of an opportunity you know previously being at, at dayton I that's mean, right this is a big opportunity now can he get the momentum going to compensate for this for recruiting because that's what matters. Right. That, that seems to be the case. They're going to lose Romeo Langford. This isn't their year. Uh, can they reload and, and next year right. put it together? Uh, Joey Brackett's on ESPN showed the new, uh, you know, the projection after last night's games, and they've actually got Indiana as one of the first four teams out. Okay. So, uh, not saying they're definitely out, but, you know, they've got some work to do to get back on that bubble. Yeah. I think their next three games are ranked – uh, they play ranked opponents. I know, not highly ranked, but you know Purdue, Wisconsin, Iowa. I think. Yeah. But uh, how about uh, did you see R.J. Barrett had a triple double yesterday with that zero was... turnovers, and Zion had thirty-two points, six rebounds. That's sick, man. But Steve, you'll stand behind your statement earlier that you still think, as of right now, Kentucky looks like they're going to win it all. Um, I think they. I mean, I'd say a Final Four team, without a doubt. Kentucky. They should. I mean, expectations Doc, yeah, should be Final Four. Is Kentucky going to win it all? <laughs> Certainly going to the Final Four. I would naturally love to see them win it all. Uh, however, uh, going to be close. If they can, Cal always gets them to play very well in the tournament uh, for the most part for the past few years. He's been coaching them. If we can get in the tournament, uh, depending on who, I guess how the brackets look, I, I certainly don't see them out before the Final Four at least. Okay, Chris, you predicted right here on the weekend sports buzz prior to the season. This was the year Kentucky was going to win it all. Yes. How are you feeling on that prediction? Uh, I think the uh, Kentucky Wildcats are going to cut the nets down, man. You're I think still sticking gonna... with it? Yes. Okay. I, I mean, if, if you look at makeup, you know, like a, the general makeup of, of teams that win it all, you'd, you'd think that besides having the, the couple superstars that Duke has, like this is the way you'd want to build a team. It's just athleticism and depth. Yeah. And, you know. Right? That's that, that's how I would describe Kentucky. Is that yes. accurate? Yeah. But the problem with Duke is they don't have that depth. Uh, they don't go much further than their starting five. Uh, they've got the, uh, uh, I think his last name's White. Uh, he's good and... I forgot who. Uh, oh, the uh, Cam Reddish. No, or are you coming talking the about bench. their bench? Yeah, they, they had a guy who came in off the bench and played some big minutes yeah, against they Louisville. Did. They Gavin, did. Uh, yeah, I forgot. And, how and he was kind of unexpected. Played real good defense and and impacted that game against the Cards on Tuesday. Yeah, they had a little better production off the bench. They had eight points off the bench. 
Um, the last two games, it was four and two. So, you know, the bench is getting pretty confident, maybe. Looking at the breakdown of the game on Tuesday, we're only on the air here once a week. So Tuesday, Louisville lost in the most absolutely heartbreaking fashion ever, right? Virginia was pretty heartbreaking. That was <laughs> Yeah, but Louisville this... has plenty to choose from, but that this was bad. They were winning comfortably. My my nine year old son Johnny said to me, Duke's gonna win this game. And he walked away. And I was like, You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy, man. Get out of my face with that. You get out of my face with that. He walked away, and sure enough, Duke just started. It was like a deer in the headlights. Louisville, it was like if you had me out there trying to break the Duke press, right? Yeah. They didn't look like they knew how to play when the pressure was on. And I hate to say it, but that's comes across as it being a very psychological yes. aspect to the game. and that, It's not good. So looking at the bench, they had Bolden played 12 minutes. Uh, a guy named Delore, what, what's that? Delorier or something like that. Delorier played 12, uh, 13 minutes. White played 13 minutes. Goldwire played 12 minutes. And O'Connor played six minutes. But, you know, when, when uh, Louisville started losing that lead, you just felt like, or at least I did, after the first couple minutes of the downfall, like Louisville was just going to lose the game. I mean, they – completely for, went away from the game plan uh, is, is the way it looked like to me. They were just trying to uh, outweigh the clock. And did you know the, the numbers were ran if Louisville had just held the ball until the last couple seconds of each shot clock, they, they, they would have won the game. Is the pressure defense, you know. They were up by enough to where the time would have worked out where they would have won just by holding and not hitting. It's wild how basketball is. John Renshaw, who used to grace the airwaves here at the Big X, I don't know, four years ago. But I would say he articulates, and I've referenced this many times. You've probably heard me. He articulates the ups and downs of a college basketball season so well. It's such an emotional product college basketball is. Uh, Louisville Cardinals, I remember they lost on senior night to South Florida. It was horrible. So, <laughs> such a low low, okay? And then they went on to make the Final Four that year. They got hot. College basketball's wild. It and is. It has the ups and the downs. And that was a, an extreme down spot for, for, for Louisville as they were beating Duke on national television. And then they've just completely fumbled it What away. are your expectations for Louisville come tournament time? Sweet 16. Really? That, I think so, too. I, I would just think um, winning – Winning the first game, and then that'd probably be it for me. Round of 32. Okay. I mean, uh, I think Louisville's actually, uh, even with these recent losses, I just think they're they're a top 15 team. And yeah. They're, um, you know, I could see them getting hot in the tournament. Here's They just got to – they won a close one last night, right? But yeah. they need one where they win a close one where they're – you know, they're losing and they come back and win. I want to see some of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Closing the game for Louisville has been a little tough, but I, I could see them turning the corner on that and uh, winning a couple games in the tournament. I want to remind our listeners the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. Love to hear your, your input on <laughs> – 
the Louisville loss to Duke? Because we're on here once a week. So, I mean, if we're being honest and we're doing true journalism, we we got to at least address what happened on Tuesday. And then Louisville almost blew it yesterday against Clemson. Ended up with the win. So we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts on the Louisville Cardinals, your thoughts on the Kentucky Wildcats. What other topics out there? We've got you know got half an hour left here, Were guys. Were you able to check out the dunk contest at all last I night? I saw some clips of it. Yeah. It, and it looked like there was maybe one solid dunk, right? Um, Diallo over Shaq with, put his arm in the rim. That was pretty impressive. But Chris brought it to my attention that uh, a Kentucky player and a Louisville player, the last two to win the dunk, dunk contest. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Diallo is not a – you look at Donovan Mitchell, and Louisville fans love him, right? Yeah. He's... As time goes on, even more so, just a great uh, representative for the university. Um, the best in the last 20 years, actually, for Louisville. He's he's the best NBA player in the last 20 years, I would think. Certainly. Prior yeah. to uh, – since Daryl Griffith. Yep. Okay. Diallo, not quite as embraced by the Kentucky fans. Right, he won the dunk contest last night. But Doc, Chris, tell me what what do you guys think of Diallo? I like Diallo. Uh, not the biggest Kentucky personality. Not the first guy you think of when you think Kentucky players in the NBA. He goes Patrick Sparks and then Diallo. Yeah. <laughs> He's maybe second, <sighs> number two for sure. Number two, okay. He, uh, you know, there's something. It was a love hate relationship, I think, for Diallo. Because of his Kentucky. athleticism, he was a athletic freak. Um, uh, but, you know, he just wasn't a very good college player. <laughs> I didn't. I, I remember hearing that over and over again. Is he's, yeah, he's got everything. He's just not very good at basketball. Yeah, and, and that's... That, I remember literally hearing those types of summaries. But he won the dunk contest. Good representation for the University of Kentucky, right? Yeah. You guys are happy for him. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think in large part, keeping the one-and-done rule around or the notion of players playing college basketball first and then going on to the NBA, I think it's marketing. Yes, it is. That's one of the greatest aspects of going to college for one Because Diallo, who the hell would he have cheering for him if he didn't go to get Kentucky? That's right. That's how it works. I mean, you got to think when uh, uh, a big one I remember was uh, Tayshawn Prince. Everybody. Everywhere he went, man, huge Kentucky following in the NBA. Um, and he definitely took notice, and he talked about it quite a bit when he was interviewed about that. But uh, Russ Smith on Twitter, okay, he's very involved with the, these tweets and the, the Louisville fan base. You know, that's forever who – Large part of his identity, right, is the Louisville fans always will love him, right? Absolutely. Banner was taken down, doesn't matter. I mean, that's a big part of things is Anthony Davis. What's going to happen with Anthony Davis? Who cares? A lot of NBA fans do. But who's personally vested in it more than others? Kentucky when, fan base. when players stay longer than a year. That the, helps. The fan, the fan, yeah. It does help. Support. But you know what? Uh that one year John Wall was there. I mean, come on. That was one of the greatest uh, seasons, even though they, they got knocked out. Remember, he, he did this with his arm. He made a muscle, and then he had his <laughs> arm go in and out. And it was super cool, right? That was hip. I, he, st- I still do that dance. Do you? He, he, oh, would, yeah. he, would have his, he would flex his bicep, and then his fist would be pointing towards his face, and then he pointed away. And he had that going for him. There was and actually- he was cool. John Wall was cool. I remember my friend Adam Bird said to me prior to the season – Oh, yeah, John Wall's going to play one season 
for Kentucky, and then he's going to be the number one overall pick. And I thought to myself, you are an idiot. How, how do you know that that's going to happen? We haven't even seen this guy play. He's like, yeah, I've seen YouTube videos of him. It's like, <laughs> internet's stupid. I don't know what I was thinking, but I, I, I didn't think the internet's stupid, but I don't know. And it worked. And that was the introduction of what, really, Calipari is doing at Lexington. Yeah. He's not getting those uh, it's not top quite the tier same guys right now, right yeah. now but he's still – yeah, he's still doing his thing. I mean, uh, even though we know Coach K stowed his uh, recruiting tactic and uh, is u- is utilizing it very well. but uh, Smart of him to do that. Absolutely. The rules are set up. Now, Ohio State fans and their identity as an NBA uh, presence would be, obviously, just Jared Solinger, right? No, you had Mike Conley Jr., know, okay. Greg Oden. Okay. Who had a great NBA career, okay? <laughs> Greg Oden did? Yes. Okay, Greg Oden had a great NBA career, Doc. No, those were the um, the best, you know, when they lost to Florida in the national championship game, that was probably the highlight, the, the height of Ohio State basketball in the last 20 years. Right? Bobby Knight played for Ohio State. Yeah. We, we got Chris on there. What happened to the head coach of Ohio State? The basketball head coach. Thad Mana. Is he even coaching anymore? No, I don't, he's not. <clears throat> he was a very good recruiter there for a he was, few yes. years. You guys ever seen the clip of Thad Mata? He's always chewing gum. His gum falls out of his mouth, and he just looks around, <clears throat> picks it up off the, the gym floor, and puts it right back in his <laughs> mouth. Have you guys ever seen that clip? I met, I yeah. met Thad Mata. Did you? Yeah. At a... Um, Tailgating that Ohio State football game, I had him sign my Will Smith jersey, defensive end. You He's know. passed away. Yes, rest in peace. Man. Would you not have put that gum back in your mouth? I don't know. I don't. Maybe I don't chew gum. It's been years since I chewed gum. Why not? I, I am sensitive have, teeth. I do have sensitive teeth. Yes, I also have a very res- specific diet. So I, I don't put any random sugars in my body. Or artificial sugars, which sound a little go. bit like a diva. That's fair. Yeah, I, I do. I, do I don't. Only I don't. Mimosas too. I don't drink alcohol at all. At all, I don't. I just do. I just put into my body what makes me feel good. Yeah. So I'm very selfish. It's my diet. That's Honestly, good. I try to eat organic, and I, I really do. I just eat specifically what makes me feel the best. It makes me be able to train the next day, honestly. I didn't start this really, this exact approach to it till I got really into jujitsu. And I remember I got drunk one night, ate some food I wouldn't have eaten, and then I had to miss training the next day. Yeah, really sick? Nah, just miss training. And I was like, man, I, you know, sure would have much, much rather had been choking somebody. So I wasn't able to choke anybody or be even be choked, you know, have the fun of jujitsu. I'm the opposite. And so I, I adjusted my diet per that. Yeah. Okay? I eat what makes me happy. <laughs> so that's the same approach to me. So you our bodies sounds good right now. Our bodies may be different. It's, in all seriousness, my body yeah. may handle foods differently. So you make what 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 sounds good to you? Krispy Kreme uh, donuts? Yeah, chocolate milkshake, you know. Just whatever I'm feeling. But uh, I do have a higher metabolism. If I saw that I was Becoming obese, I'm sure I'd stop. Are right? you calling me fat? No, I'm not. I'm just Sound, saying. It sounds like you're calling me fat. If I, you know, I'm able to eat all that stuff and not see the effects on the outside, 
I'm sure the inside's not looking too good, but I enjoy it. Okay. I'm jealous of your metabolism, man. That's, uh, you know, I had that when I was younger. But you guys graduated high school, all four of us. I was 5'9", right at 160. You guys, go. Steve? Probably, I don't know, 5'10", 150. Chris? Uh, 6'6". 220, maybe. Doc? I was 5'11, but I wrestled in high school, so I was about 142. Wow. Yeah, I'm 160 now. Okay. I'm I'm 100 pounds heavier than I was then. Huh? Stuff happens, Chris. Stuff happens. Hey, but Life, you know what? Tough. Life's tough. That's called being a grown ass man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I like to copy off other radio shows. Remember Dan Patrick? He would have that ding. People would call in, they go, hey, it's, 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 yeah. it's, uh, Bob. Uh, six two two thirty, and they go ding, and so they'd identify themselves as their mm-hmm. height and weight. You know, making it really like you're evaluating. We had two different two fighters in today. Trent Knotts, six foot three, and I think Brian Haynes is like five seven, maybe. I don't know. I don't know exactly how tall, but it's wild to see the different sizes uh, of people. Well, I want to give a shout out to our man Doc Parks running the boards over there, doing a great job. Doc thank has you, thank you. has a. Amateur MMA fight coming up soon. That is true. March 9th, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yes. You know who your opponent is? I should be fighting Eric Harris out of Hayes MMA. I believe also in the Bowling Green area. Okay. I'm going to be there for that fight. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. I will certainly be there also. So we look forward to... So this will be a nice test. You'll get a little taste of a a compounded version of what I go through, Doc, which is... The drive to Bowling Green for Saturday night, okay? You come back and you your time gets all messed up, okay? Then you got to be on the air the next morning, which is okay. I'm not complaining. But it'll be compounded for Doc because he'll actually be fighting in a cage. Are you going to be in the next morning, Doc? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. You're going to go fight in a cage on Saturday night, March 9th, and then March 10th. Despite the time adjustment and the, the drive back to Louisville and the... How much do... I mean, you won't sleep much and you'll have fought in a cage, so... Hat goes off to you, Doc Parks. Thank you. Thank you. I may get in a fight in the parking lot that night, too. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe get into a fight with, uh, uh, who knows? You're going to get into multiple fights. You got to let me as get long the as camera you're still here Sunday first. morning, that's okay. I <laughs> uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. Baseball's right around the corner. Is there any interest, Steve? What do you have? Before I forget, I was I heard on the radio that the Bengals. Oh God! Um, oh God. <laughs> the Bengals' new head coach, I believe, is Zach Taylor. Is that his name? He's the QB coach from the Rams. Tried hiring um, Todd Grantham yeah. as the new defensive. And he turned it down. He turned it down. <laughs> I That's saw that. Crazy. Nobody wants to work there. It's the ownership. <laughs> they don't have a general manager. Exactly. Could you blame them? <laughs> if not one to work there? Mike Brown yep. and his daughter, I forget what her name is. I don't even care. Uh, they, they, I don't care what her name is. You tell her that, okay? <laughs> she calls the shots, and they say, no, we don't need a – well, how much does a general – she probably said this. How much does a general manager make? And they were like, about $200,000, $250,000 a year. And she was like, yeah, we can just do without that. I'll call the shots. <laughs> That's how it's working for the Cincinnati Bengals. And they've got me locked in. I was born a fan, so I don't plan on bailing. You know, I look down on people who bail on their teams. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm a Reds fan. 
I'm not. They're going to be awesome this year. I don't know. Realistically, someone at the YMCA yesterday. I was at the Northeast YMCA talking to a guy that I see in there all the time while lifting some weights and talking about the Reds. They're not going to be that good. I think look, they're not. Yasiel Puig. Have you ever actually watched Yasiel Puig play? He, Defense, for example. He's like playing out there. Looks like he just hit his, I don't know, vape weed pen or whatever. <laughs> Looks like it. And he's like not paying attention to what's going on. Okay. They hit the ball. And sometimes he makes an athletic, like he clearly wasn't paying attention when the ball was hit. Then he makes an adjustment and makes a spectacular catch. And it looks great. Or he just completely screws it up. Yasiel Puig is the big acquisition, right? They also yes. got Wood. Good, you know, they got a new pitching coach. So maybe things will go well. I'll, I'm, I'm vested in the Reds, and, and I'll be cheering for them. I'm going to attend at least four games this season. Um, but, I mean, if we're banking the, the future of the Reds on Yasiel Puig. Yeah. Right? You're already shooting it down, man. I, I well, think I'm trying to be realistic. realistic. And, you know, you basically just need to look at your farm system and the pitching staff. And, yeah, Puig's not going to turn the whole course of the Red season around. Oh, I'm not saying he's going to do it by himself. They have excitement. Last season, prior to the year, one year ago today on the weekend sports buzz, I was saying, oh, we got nothing. So at least we got something now. Right. Um, you know, they've got some talent on their team. They got Joey Votto, who I do believe. I think he's 34 now. Um, I, I I do believe he's a generational type player. I don't, you know, Trout is maybe the best player of this generation, to be honest. But yeah. I think Joey Votto, he's up there. He truly is in that conversation. So they have a legitimate force at first base. Pretty good defensive, uh, you know, pretty good glove at first, and just a. a Getting on the base, the bases, you know, a machine. His on-base percentage is amazing. So what is the most intriguing story in the world of sports right now? We don't have much time left for the the, the weekend sports buzz this morning. Have you been following any Antonio Brown um, crazy news? I saw a headline. He said that Ben Roethlisberger has an owner mentality. I don't know exactly what he meant by that. Hmm. What did that mean? Steve? I guess a slave owner. Maybe. Is that what you think? It, is that what it was? That's I don't know. That's, that's what it first, sounds yeah. like. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe he 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 thinks he's the Roonies and he's so tight with the Roonies that it's like he owns the Steelers. And so he calls the shots, which in professional sports is oftentimes the case. But Brown took a real serious shot at Ben Roethlisberger. Speaking couple, of Ben Roethlisberger. A couple shots. At, all at Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. Speaking of Ben Roethlisberger, have you guys ever read that old Sports Illustrated article that details his sexual assault history? Have you guys ever read that, Doc? No. Did you read it? I've uh, followed the case. I haven't read that specific article. No, if you guys read the actual Sports Illustrated article about it, it does bad. not make Ben Roethlisberger sound like a good guy. Just lots of cases of him at drunk in a bar, cornering some girl, chasing her around with his pants off, yelling crazy stuff, all his friends laughing and cheering him on, and him sexually assaulting women. I think That's he's recently found up. God, Kelly. What's that? I think he's recently found the Lord. Do you? <laughs> I hope so. He is married now, so maybe he's cleaned his act up. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, Antonio Brown kind of poked poked at that a little bit, too. How he's kind of being viewed as the bad guy and Ben Roethlisberger, the good guy. That is a but, double standard yeah. big time. Mm-hmm. Doc, who's your favorite NFL team? Uh, uh, New York Jets. 
Okay. They they've been uh, very very bad past few years. What born? How was that fandom born for you? Where? How did you become a Jets fan? Uh, it's a uh, a dumb way I became a Jets fan. I was playing uh, computer football when I was a kid, and I always wanted to see what was. The, I noticed there were two New York teams. I wanted to pit them against each other, and the one that won would be my favorite team. And okay. <laughs> I think that was back when Curtis Martin and Vinny Testaverde were playing. So That's was, cool. It was a uh, You're not a front runner, I'll give you that. No, yeah. It's uh, been rough to watch him. Chris, who's your favorite NFL team? I'm not a huge NFL guy. Uh You boycott the NFL because of the the uh anthem stuff? No, I just um I've never been it's probably because there's not a local team, but uh the you know, I've been a follower of the Bears basically. Okay. But uh no, no reason to. For me, it's the Bengals. Obviously, for Steve, it is the Cleveland Browns. So when we're talking about the Steelers, Steve and I have the, I guess you would say the connection is they are AFC North rival rivals. Yeah. Are they rivals? Hey, the Bengals I wanted Browns? to let you know that the bandwagon, the doors are open for the Browns bandwagon if you wanted to jump on before it got too full. Are the Browns legitimately headed in a good direction? Absolutely, yes. Okay. I, I think, you know, arrows pointing up. Bengals. Eh. Arrows pointing down. Arrows pointing down. You have some defensive players that are getting older. You have a quarterback that, you know, are you going to stick with them? Are you going to draft somebody this year? I think it, you could have a couple years of some bad Bengals football. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I don't disagree. Todd Grantham, who did not have a, a glamorous stint as the Louisville defensive coordinator, just said, no thanks, I don't need that NFL job. Yeah, They were, they were seeking him. He said, no thanks. So, yeah, I'm with you. And to be honest, it's a similar boat for the Reds. That's okay. That's all right. You know, there's always fighting. Honestly, I, I get excited about some fights, right? I, I, you know what I mean? I'm not going to pick another NFL or M- MLB team to really – be a fan of those are my teams and when 10 years from now they have some success I'll, I'll, I'll be able to you know be proud of the fact I stuck with them for whatever that's worth <laughs> <laughs> how depressing so the dunk contest the skills contest Jason Tatum won the skills contest any interest in that I, I enjoy that I actually do think that's pretty cool yeah I remember Steve Nash dominating that. uh-huh I oh, think yeah. most of the interest from before today was the USA versus the uh, I think World right the Young Stars game is that today? No, it was I think Friday night. Yeah, USA, USA. We can start. But I mean, we're all, we're all obviously cheering for USA, right? Yeah. Some of the yeah. best dunks were in that game. That you know, and you know, there's some Louisville and Kentucky players. So the 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 All Star game today is the West, which is Team LeBron, versus the East, which is Team Giannis. Yes. So they got to draft their players. LeBron finally got the team he wanted. <laughs> right? He's got Anthony Davis on his team. Maybe he'll try now. Maybe he won't, uh, you know, uh, make his other teammates mad about yeah. wanting to get rid of He's all of them. He's finally happy, Kelly. So maybe he'll start, you know, competing. Wow. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line. Is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have caller Katie is on the line with us. Katie, how are you this morning? Katie? 
Caller who goes by the name Katie. Doc? All right, we'll work Hello? on... Oh, Katie, are you there? What do you, what do you have for us this morning? Thank you for calling in. Of course, yeah. I just wanted to um, talk about my duties. I don't know if you guys touched on the win against Louisville. And then last night against NC State, I missed the first half. So just wanted to make sure that my duties were acknowledged. Yeah, the, the, a lot of the conversation today, Katie, in all seriousness, has been... Um, who does it look like is going to win the national championship? And it, it appears the two teams in that conversation are Kentucky and Duke. What are your thoughts? Who's going to win the national championship, Katie? Um, obviously Duke. Wow. Okay. They do have, in all seriousness, the best two players probably, right? Best yep. three uh, players probably. probably. Yeah. <laughs> you think it, it goes beyond that, Katie? Yeah, there's a lot, like the whole starting lineup better than Kentucky. The best players. Okay. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your contribution to the show this morning, Katie. Before we let you go, anything else you want to get in on? Yes, that dunk contest is so boring. I want some Vince Carter moves. Some Vince Carter moves. But the thing is, is if they do exactly what Vince Carter did, right? I just, I don't it's, like it's all stealing. the props. Okay, you don't like the props. Yeah, after, yeah, like after the first attempt, after you miss the first four attempts, I'm out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm and not watching night, you. You make it. it. Yeah. Yeah. The, I'm with you, Steve. The uh, dunkers that make all of their dunks, even if they're not the greatest, gets. It seems like they get a higher score because nobody wants to see you miss three or four times before no. you hit that killer yeah. dunk. So. Yeah. I agree. The momentum just goes down after that. You you lose your your excitement. Yeah. I agree with you, Katie. Thank you so much for your call this morning. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye. Katie does bring up an interesting topic there, in my opinion, the dunk contest. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to draw a parallel to fighting, okay? If I watch, let's say, Floyd Mayweather, and he fights Oscar De La Hoya in 2007, which we watched, okay? Floyd will have implement more of a defensive strategy, maybe kind of boring, okay? Doesn't, not as aesthetically pleasing for a large portion of the fan base, but <laughs> from a tactical Boxing perspective, yeah, he's dominant. You know, he wins, okay? In basketball, there's flashiness. And I try to explain this to my nine-year-old son, and it doesn't seem to stick, okay? There's flashiness, and then there's efficiency. There's ways to play basketball where you just play the right way and you win, okay? And then there's guys, Skip to my Lou, who, who Rafer Alston, who didn't wasn't a great NBA player, but he sure did look cool. Okay, so the, I think the dunk contest in large part embodies that or, or embodies that uh, the, the polar opposites that I'm describing because you have guys who are specialists. They're really yeah. good at dunking. Mm-hmm. Look no further than what happened yesterday. Diallo won the dunk contest and probably not very good at basketball. Yeah, but you know there's a good exception you're going to see next year. Zion Williamson is not just a dunker. That guy's amazing. It, uh, was LeBron sure. ever in the dunk contest? He was not. Okay, so why do we think Zion will be in it? Uh, uh, you prove a good point, yeah. Well, he's just... <laughs> I think he will. He I can mean, dunk from the three-point line. Yeah, that guy's... That may give him motivation to do the dunk contest because LeBron didn't do it. Okay. You need to definitely convert on your first attempt, right? Yes. I mean, if your performance lacks initially, I, it's, it's going to... 
the best part about the dunk is it's a very high percentage shot. That's what's great about a dunk. I remember Shane Behannon, I think, set records for Louisville. He would dunk a lot, okay? And they'd be power dunks, but he'd get his hands up there and he'd be real efficient at just throwing the ball into the hole, into the hoop, right? Yep. That's why dunking's great, I think, right? If you can't make your dunk, if you can't make your dunk, that really <laughs> takes away from the efficiency and the, the practical application of it. I'm not the smartest man. <laughs> But I, 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 yeah. I, I do believe that. I, I don't need the flashiness if it, there's no substance, right? I love seeing those type of dunks, actually, during games. The flashiness? Oh, man. when you Stuff that you normally don't see, like somebody throwing it off the backboard and dunking it. Did you guys see Donovan Mitchell throw it off the backboard and he just missed the backboard? Did you guys see that? <laughs> did you see it, Doc? I did not see that, but I'm going to look it up as Check soon as it I up. leave. Yeah. So that happens occasionally. You try to look cool. Well, you know, yeah. backfires. Who's the best example ever of somebody who tried to look cool and it just backfired? JaVale McGee, obviously. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, um, who was the wide receiver? Deshaun Jackson had like five different occasions. Remember? Where he dropped the ball. Where he would start dancing at, at like the 10-yard line <laughs> and then fumble. He, he did that multiple <laughs> times. Jason so, Richardson tried a 360 dunk and got dunk, uh, blocked by LeBron. Did he? Oh, man. He was on a breakaway. Tried a 360. Yeah, blocked. I think Jason Richardson, out of Michigan State, if I remember correctly, I believe he won the dunk contest one I, year. Yeah, more than once. Yes. I believe okay. he was awesome. Hey, the, the, Vince Carter's not the only one that, you know, had great dunk contests. Just a couple years ago, that remember that Zach Levine, yes. Aaron yeah. Gordon? That, that was amazing. That, that was probably one of the most recent, you know. That was great, but yeah. Nostalgia plays into the whole um, argument, the yeah. anti-dunk contest argument. What I mean by that is we all remember Spud Webb, right? Yes. We remember him winning the dunk contest. And it looked cool because when you watch the highlights now, you remember it. And then nostalgia plays in. Uh, Michael Jordan won the dunk contest. Larry Nance. Kenny Skywalker. Yep. Uh, Rex Chapman, did he do it once? No, I don't think so. Br Brent... Brent Berry. Brent, oh, that's who. Yeah, Brent Berry. Yeah. Brent Berry won the dunk contest. Um, so a lot of nostalgia. I used to have a poster in my room growing up of all the dunk contest winners up until that point. So I do think it's nostalgia. It, it could come back. If we see Zion Williamson jump, in all seriousness, like two feet beyond the free throw line and makes a dunk, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. He's already close to that anyway. <laughs> Once he does that... Have you ever heard the the um, when someone ran a sub six minute mile or five minute or whatever it is a sub yeah, five minute yeah. mile? Mm -hmm. what, what what is it? Well, no one thought the record could be broken. Then initially, when somebody breaks it, then everybody catches up, right? So yeah, if it's advancing the sport, if Zion Williamson can dunk two feet behind the free throw line, and then <laughs> one day maybe we will see someone dunk from the three point line. <laughs> You That's think? insane. No. Not yeah. the three-point line. That's insane. I wonder if any human ever has been able to get pretty close. I think the furthest I've ever seen, though, is Zion. Because yeah. he's done it like a foot behind the line. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and, you know, he actually hovers. The guy has something... <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's like when he hits his plateau, he stays there for longer than it yeah. seems like he should be able to stay there. But, uh, yeah, he's amazing.
let's say someone does dunk from the three-point line. Is that worth three points? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would – good point, man. That's exactly what it would be, right? You would have to be. Imagine trying to take a charge. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> someone just comes up on a fast break and you're the only person under the basket. You'd have to take a charge. Man. Yeah, but if you're already off the ground – and the guy's if you're not planted, set, the rule you, you is have the to rule. Be planted pretty early. <laughs> if you're, that'd be early as can be to be planted. Yeah, I don't know where. Which direction is basketball heading? I don't know. You know, here on the weekend sports buzz, we're really opening a lot of doors. I don't. Previously, no one's yeah. honestly. I no one's jumped into this. We're we're not afraid to tackle the difficult issues. <laughs> I'd like to see somebody on a fast break run as fast as they can <laughs> and then try a floater from the three point line. Okay. Just jump. Do a George Gervin uh, finger roll. From well, I mean, you could you could probably get your you, rebound pretty quickly if, if you're running as fast as you can. You jump, little floater mm-hmm. right before you land. You try it. Points. Okay, I like it. Uh, in, We're changing the game. In one on one, a big part of my strategy is when I'm playing one on one, I shoot. If I'm wide, if they leave me wide open, I'll shoot. But then you got to immediately box out, right? Yeah, like I'm gonna miss. You gotta assume you're gonna miss it. and You get the rebound and put it right back in. So that you, what you're saying is you have a strategy where you get an open, wide open, <laughs> fast break, jump from behind the three point line and try to just flip it in. Yeah, just. And little... if you miss it, it's okay. Maybe even dunk tip it in. Yeah. Okay. Overhand floater too, right? We should be coaches. <laughs> and you you let it go right before you hit the ground, so you're within you know four feet, you know. Okay. That's funny. Great stuff here on the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We are on the air every Sunday from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. Talking all things in the world of sports. I want to thank our guests, Trent Knott of Four Seasons, Martial Arts in Lexington, also Georgetown MMA, uh, Adam Gomez and his crew. Also, Bryant Haynes from Core Combat Sports. You know, Elio Seneca. Uh, the Haddad family, everybody there at CORE. I uh, want to thank our man Doc Parks. I want to thank Chris Embry for the great production this morning. We've got great momentum going with the weekend sports bus today. And, I mean, not to toot my own horn, sounds like we're revolutionizing the game of basketball. Absolutely. <laughs> Steph, Steph Curry um, and Clay Thompson. Someone should tweet some of this stuff at Steph. Yeah. Well, they revolutionized the game with the three-point shot. You know, really just... Now it's our turn. Yes, it's our turn. Uh, Steph competed against his brother Seth in the three-point contest. Did anybody watch that? I've seen the highlights. So, that's kind of cool. I yeah. think Seth's having an all-right year. Is he? I, I think it was in their hometown. That's the only reason he was in it, though, right? He doesn't have great three-point shooting numbers. Does he not? I'm mistaken. I don't believe so. Let's bring it up. Seth Curry, we've got a couple minutes left. I think he hits 17. He makes three, three, over $3 million a year. And now he has to pay for all the tickets. Uh, they, they made a bet as brothers uh, whenever they go to each other's game. I don't know. It was some type of ticket bet. But now, yeah, and uh, Steph Curry makes $100 million more than his younger brother. Now yeah. he's got to pay for the tickets. <laughs> Seth Curry is a two-time NBA D-League All-Star, All-NBA D-League first team, and All-NBA D-League third team in 2014. So, you know, pretty successful 
stint as a pro basketball player, right? I mean, he's getting paid over $3 million a year. Yeah. <clears throat> you don't often see in basketball where someone's that good and has a brother who's in the league, too. Horace and Harvey Grant. Who are That's some other cool. examples, guys? Steve? Um, in, in the NBA specifically? Mark and Brent Price, to stay with your hometown homerism of Cleveland. Mark and Brent Price. There's a couple in the NFL, I right? think they both went to Georgia Tech. Probably in the, happens more in the NFL. Yeah, happens more in the NFL. John Jones brothers. Chris and Kyle Mark Long. and Paul Gasol. Mark, good call. Very relevant to today, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Heath and Marcus Morris. Uh, did you say that already? No, no, I was going NFL with them. Um, and the two brothers who one of them came out as being gay, what was his name? Oh, yeah, um, Brooke Lopez and... No, I don't think those were the gay ones. No, no, oh, that's right. We're talking about... Uh, well, you don't know, right? You never really know, Kelly. <laughs> True, we don't know. It's not the... Okay, it's not Brooke Lopez. I forget his name. They went to Stanford. I know who they are. Yeah. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning, where once again we tackle the difficult issues that nobody else has the, has the guts to get into, revolutionizing basketball. Be sure to join us next Sunday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Have a great week, everybody.